Hi, welcome to another episode of What Are We Doing? A podcast from The Highlander. Okay, Mike Baker with The Highlander, and I am uh, chatting today with Lisa Berry, who is a candidate for Ward 2 in Algonquin Highlands. We are going to be discussing uh, Lisa's past uh her history in the community which involves uh you know uh being a current member of of algonquin highlands uh, council seeking re-election uh we're going to talk about uh, you know your uh, your reasons for rerunning you know what you see as being uh you know some of the key issues facing algonquin highlands uh, moving forward and then uh, mo- moving on to sort of talk about some of the hot button topics surrounding things like housing transportation poverty Healthcare, uh, you know, big things that have been uh, almost plaguing Halliburton County now for 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 many years. So uh, we'll have an opportunity to touch on all those. So uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for meeting today and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mike. Great. So yeah, I'll turn things over to you. Um, you know, right off the bat, and let you just sort of give us a bit of a history. You know, about about yourself and your your involvement. Uh, you know, living here in Algonquin Highlands and uh, and on Algonquin Highlands Council. Sure. So. Um... I guess I, I've, I've grown up coming to Algonquin Highlands my whole life. Uh, my, my grandparents, great-grandparents all sort of settled here. Um, I was in 2004. My dad was in a bad car accident, and um, we moved here to sort of help rehabilitate my dad. Sure. And at the same time, we inherited a piece of property and decided that this would be a good place to call home. It, it had everything we needed. It had fresh water. It had space to roam and grow. And... Um, yeah, so I think, I guess it was in 2007, or no, sorry, 2010, we had our first child, and at the time, the previous council in Algonquin Highlands was in the process of expropriating the municipal airport mm. to have a second runway, and at the time, my local neighborhood and communities thought that I should get involved and um, sort of continue to preserve the area, and... I spoke with the time at the current with the current councillor, my ward rep at the time, Carol Moffat. She mm-hmm. was on council at the time, and she she made it really clear that you shouldn't become involved in politics for one reason. And so I spent you know a few months looking into some of the other areas that would be of concern to me, and I felt that there was you know enough to bite on, bite take a bite from. There mm-hmm. was you know cultural initiatives that were happening, and I just I felt that. Even though I was young, I think I was the young, at the time I was probably the youngest counselor in the entire county that was putting my name forward, Mm -hmm. but I decided to put my name forward and at the time I was a successful candidate. So if successful this time, this will be my fourth term on council. So we're coming up onto 12 years and I'm hopeful that I'll be successful again. Okay. And yeah, tell me a little bit about some... Yeah, your, your your professional background as well. I know we're yeah. we're sort of here at uh, at Homestead Pottery, uh, pretty self-explanatory. But so tell us a little bit about your uh, your endeavors that way too. Sure. Yeah. So I guess I have many hats. Um, one of my hats is I'm a local artist in the community. I went to school for ceramics and received a degree in ceramics in Alberta. Actually, I also studied in uh, Sheridan and Oakville. Met my husband there. He was studying crafts as well. And um, we inherited this property, so I became part of the local studio tour, part of the arts council, and I'm also faculty at the college. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay, so yeah, you mentioned you know you've served three terms. This will be you know potentially a fourth term if you are successful. Uh, you know, why did you make the decision that you wanted to put yourself out there and and run uh, for potentially a fourth term? Well, I feel like the last term was a little bit. It's a bit, a bit of a challenge. I think it was a challenge for everyone with the pandemic. I think some of the things that maybe we had our heart and soul set on 
there was setbacks with with all of the COVID restrictions mm -hmm. and um, you know, we were meeting by Zoom for most of the term and um, I had my children home. I was homeschooling. Um, I have aging parents that weren't well at the time. I was looking after them. So I feel like I feel like this term is is another opportunity to maybe do some of the great things that were sort of started and then sort of stagnant while we were on council. Mm. Um, you know, there's controversial things happening right now with the shoreline preservation and we have a huge boom in the municipality and the county as a whole. And um, a lot of things are being talked about in regards to like short term rentals protecting our waters that type of thing and, mm -hmm. and i'd like to have a voice in all of those sort okay. of things going forward so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll touch on some of those individual mm -hmm. topics a little later but uh yeah you know you, you've mentioned a few things now a few issues priorities for you what do you see as being maybe your your one big issue your one big main sort of priority uh as you head into this campaign and, and potentially another term of council well, I think growth. I think like growth, like everyone, there's been lots of people that have reached out for questions and answers and all that type of thing. And, and I think growth is the overarching sort of area that's that's my biggest concern and, and the biggest concern for the county. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great. It's great that the county is growing and expanding. But, you know, with that, there's challenges. There's not the same tax base that can support that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you everybody wants to be here, but we want to protect it. I know, like, I know, I know just services, having enough you know, things for fire departments, having the lakes being preserved, making sure that people have jobs to work here all year round. Like there's a lot of sort of compounded um, parts of growth. And I, I'd like to see planning sort of for the now and for the future mm -hmm. and, and trying to like think of all of those considerations going forward. And, and I think I think the county, like I, I'm municipal rep, so I'm not on the county. I sit at the mm -hmm. lower tier. And I think there's often a dis there's there's not a there's not a great distinction between the two, but I think I have a good sense of where my voice is best heard, mm -hmm. and also working with county reps like deputy and mayor, um, I can advocate with them. I'm and one of the great things about COVID and all of the Zoom meetings is now we can actually sit in the comfort of our home and watch the meetings right. and and be more engaged. So I think the community is more engaged that maybe than they were four years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, keeping, keeping active, putting my voice forward and, and being part of the community and hearing what people are always talking about and asking about. I, I have no problem bringing things forward. Great. So you know, the experience is there, obviously you've served three terms as, as a counselor so far. Why don't you tell me what you think some of your, you know, main, main skills are that would make you, you know, an effective counselor again for a fourth term? I think I'm inquisitive. I think I always, I want to find out I'm, I'm, I'm frugal. I'm not interested in, it's not my money to spend. Um, I personally live in sort of a bit of a feast and famine lifestyle being an artist. So I think as, as a counselor, I'm looking at the best way to spend money, like short term, long term, and for the greater good of the community, like maybe putting some money away for a future goal, being cognizant of like, assets that we have and things that we're looking forward to I think it's really important to kind of have your eye here as well as looking at what's coming down the down the pipe okay and so looking maybe more focused towards you know ward two what do you see as being maybe the big issue that you're hearing from from local constituents uh, that, you, that, that they'd like to see some movement on uh, there's definitely an appetite for some sort of bylaw enforcement in regards to short-term rentals mm. Um, housing, housing is a huge one. Now, a lot of that sits at the county level, but I know personally, um, there's been great gains in, in, in smaller house sizes. So that, that kind of plays into a little bit of the housing. 
also having you know um secondary suites having granny suites they have all these names right but, yeah. but basically being able to have um less restrictions mm-hmm. in in our housing sort of idea yeah. I, i'm i'm super supportive of that i think that's something that's gonna continue to be um paramount in what's going forward with how people can afford to live here um i think one good thing about having more people here year round is that um you know they're going to need to work so we need to we need to be basically have workforce in place as well as housing in place so mm-hmm. we can do this and then you know healthcare and that as well but yeah. Okay, so let's let's move into some of those hot button topics, so to speak. You know, we just you just referenced housing. You know, a real lack of affordable, uh, available housing. I think just in general across yeah. all of Halliburton County. You know, Algonquin Highlands is a bit different than you know when you look at Dysart, you look at uh, at Minden. You know, they both have sort of urban centers. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's a little bit of Dorset up in the north, but really there's no sort of like downtown hub for Algonquin Highlands. How how do you think you know as a municipality you guys would go about sort of helping to alleviate housing pressures and stresses uh you know that we've seen and sort of helping to to, to bolster inventory um in our community i'm going to be completely honest that a lot of that discussion is really happening at the county level i know that the current mayor and deputy have been advocates on some of the housing initiatives i think for algonquin highlands we've been talking about um you know, like we just we just finished our bylaw, our comprehensive bylaw review, and and a lot of that was sort of talking about how how we can change the footprint of properties. I think having we're now the province is now allowing people to have in rural situations to have two dwellings mm. on one property. So I mean, if you could live in your house and rent your house, it might not be necessarily affordable housing. Mm-hmm. But it makes it it kind of equals the playing field. The person that's building and the person that's renting, you know, they're sort of helping each other get a foot yeah. out. So, and one one idea that's uh, we've seen sort of come into effect in in several communities over the past few years are you know tiny home developments. Oh yeah. Um, you know, where do you stand on that? Because I know right now there are restrictions in place yeah. sort of legislating the minimum or the, the minimum size of a of a home. Yeah. So I'm I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, what I've learned over the last I guess last term specifically um, was that. The real restriction right now is the is the language. We're allowed to have smaller footprints, but the actual glossary or the definition of tiny home is not in the building plan. So um, in our last bylaw review, um, we actually agreed to have, I think it's a 600 square foot smaller home footprint. So Mm -hmm. that's almost half of what it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's an opportunity for um, like cohabitating, like maybe having two or three dwellings on one property and sharing services that way. I think I know I'm, I'm, I'm in my forties. I know a lot of my friends and, and their children are sort of starting to talk about those types of things. It's like, how can we mm-hmm. live more generationally maybe than having everything on one property and owning something. So shared ownership. Yeah. I think that's like a, an opportunity. That's interesting. I think there's going to have to be, you know, more, um, not unique. What I'm a creative, I guess, thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Algonquin Islands. You know, there's no, there's no general water. There's no sewer lines or anything like that. So you know, huge developments like we're seeing potentially come online in, in Dysart and and Minden maybe aren't uh, aren't a possibility out here. So yeah, definitely, definitely going to say different ideas, different initiatives to to bring more housing online. Totally. I know we haven't we haven't had any of our rural Ontario municipal conferences the last few mm-hmm. years, but um, 
that's something that I definitely always kind of had my finger on when we were going to those conferences to hear what's happening outside mm -hmm. of Alberton County. Yeah, but yeah, it's something say, I look forward to. On politics, I say plagiarism is you know it's it's a dirty word in almost every single aspect of life. But I feel like in politics, it's uh, you know that, that's something that we should be doing. Well, yeah, like are. why reinvent the wheel if things are happening in other parts of the country and yeah. world that are that are working? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, so shift gears a little bit here, and uh, you know, let's talk about poverty. You know, for for many years, Halliburton County has been you know re recognized as one of the poorest regions in Ontario. I think right up there with with Manitoulin Island. Uh, last uh, data that I've seen suggests, you know, 17% uh, of, of residents across the county living in poverty. You know, when we, when you sort of break that down and look at children, it's, it's around 25%, mm -hmm. so one in four kids. What do you think can be done at the, at the municipal level to, to, to really try and, and buck this trend and turn this situation around for families that are, that are really struggling right now? Like, I don't know if this is... I guess where I where I hear about it from my friends that have kids and myself, um, a lot of it is ha having access to programming that actually works with the time that people are working. There's a lot of programs that are like nine till you yeah. know ten till ten till noon, but if you're working, how do you actually access those things? So I think there's a lot of things that can be done with like initiatives for for programming that work with the workforce. Um, I think there's there's opportunities for food initiatives like um, you know supporting programs like the breakfast club and those mm. type of things I think um, I know that there's like social services that are at the county level that that sh that could be maybe bringing down more information to the lower tier and, and advocating those type of things mm -hmm. um, I think I think having affordable programming I know it's hard to have you know I, I know it's hard to have a job and children and daycare and you know you know all their friends have memberships at gyms and stuff and there's families that just can't afford it so it's hard yeah. it's hard yeah but i think like this might sound silly but like boosting our our free app free avenues such as like trails and that type of thing i think you know if you can get your children involved in nature and, and people and adults as well mm. i think that that feeds something maybe not Maybe there's not a financial gain in that, but I think yeah. there's something deeper. I'm certain I'm no shortage of, uh, of of nature around us and yeah. uh, you know, opportunities to expand on those sorts of things, right? Yeah, great. And uh, yeah, this is a, this is sort of a big one, I guess, for for Algonquin Highlands. Just just looking at how how wide of a community it is geographically. Um, you know, public transportation and, and 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 transit. You know, there's been some programs that have sort of got underway at the county level i know they funded uh you know pilots with organizations like point in time like search and, and fleming crew um but one thing i'm hearing time and time again when i speak to people who are you know are struggling who maybe have jobs in minden in halliburton is you know it's impossible for me to to, to get to to get get to work i'm relying on friends family dropping off because a i can't afford to to run a car as well as paying rent mm -hmm. uh, and you know this is even with living you know in a rural area do you think that there's you know a place for public transit in algonquin highlands in halliburton county and if so what do you think that looks like well, I think politically I should be saying yes, but I think I think you're right. I think the geography of Algonquin Highlands specifically is, you know, we're all the way up to the park. I think for me to go up to Oxton, I know for doing mileage, it's I think it's about 55 kilometers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and and then you have seasonally, it's a little bit challenging too, where you might have needs at different times. Um, 
I think I think it's a challenge. I think having maybe some services that are in like Minden and Halliburton as a starting point is maybe a bit of a help. I think I know um, Algonquin Highlands has recently just sort of recreated their work week. We're having um, I can't remember the name of it specifically, but they're they're basically working four days instead of five days, and and they're now able to like do those types of things where go places with children and that type of things that they maybe wouldn't be able to do before. I know my husband and I are currently talking about downsizing to one vehicle and like mm -hmm. how logistically that would work. So I think having some creative solutions and having employers that are understanding of some of these challenges is, is important. Um, I think a geography Algonquin Highlands, it's going to continue to be a challenge. Yeah. Do you think, you know, potentially you'll, I, I think it's probably out of the question to have a system where a bus is on the road you know, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. hitting different spots. But do you think, you know, maybe a ride-share initiative or, or something of, of that nature maybe has potential? Yeah, I think the ride-share has a potential. I know there's been some great programs that have happened already. Um, great work. Uh, I, I know that, um, again, you're working with people that have different different times everybody needs to be in Halliburton for nine but you have yeah. a huge area it's, it's a little bit of a challenge yeah. I think like you're saying working with other community members that are already heading somewhere that's great I think um you know hopefully we're out of the pandemic and people are more willing to like cluck mm. drive together yeah okay and as we are coming out of the pandemic one thing I'm sure you've noticed uh you know whenever you're out shopping or in any of our downtown areas or the help wanted signs that's uh are up almost every sort of avenue of business that you can think of what do you think you know we should be doing to you know to restock our labor pool and and make you know, not just algonquin highlands but but halliburton county an attractive and, and feasible place for people to to live and work moving forward well i think working with you know, like things like the Chamber and HCDC, they have some great initiatives going. I think ad like advocating for that. I think from a municipality's point of view, I guess, I don't know, there's there's community outreach. There's those types of things you can do. There's there's um, local builders. And, like, I think, I, think, I think more and more, it has to be less about what's happening there and what's happening mm -hmm. here, but how these things are all sort of thread together and mm -hmm. the impacts that it ha has on everyone. I think that listening to to why people are short on staff and why people aren't going to work i think those are two things i think some of it feeds into the growth of the community the lack of housing you know you have like you're saying transportation issues they're mm -hmm. all sort of tied together mm -hmm. i don't know if i have a specific workforce solution um i know myself i'm i'm struggling but we're we're just at that threshold of like it doesn't really make sense without some sort of grant program sure I think if there's some sort of education on some of those programs, I think there is programs out there that people aren't aware of, mm. but sometimes just finding the time and the administrative help to do that. I don't know if that can be done at a local, like lower tier, mm -hmm. but I, I know I know the chamber and HCDC would be the first people I would go to. That's maybe not a municipal answer, but yeah, that's sure. kind of where I'm at. Okay. And getting back, I guess, to, you know, maybe even your basics here, you know, you mentioned one of the reasons that you ran all those years ago was, uh, you know, the issues at the Stanhope uh, Airport. Mm -hmm. What's, you know, what, what's your maybe long-term vision for, for that airport? You know, there's been calls from, uh, you know, some members of council in the past for it to be shut down and, and, and repurposed. Uh, you know, we know there was plans long ago to, to extend the runway. What, what do you think that site 
could and should be uh, looking ahead to the future? Well, first of all, I think having the MNR, like the fire base there is, is pretty spectacular. Mm. I, I think, I think there's an opportunity maybe for the rest of the county to be involved in some of the funding of it because it's not just uh, Algonquin Highlands residents that are using it, yeah. but it's a, it's a huge financial for Algonquin Highlands. I think if there's a way that the other municipalities could see it as an asset and maybe help pay for some of it, that could help. But um, like long term speaking, there's a there's a pretty big piece of property there that has you know been surveyed and it's been looked at, and there is plans for like a, a light industrial complex there. I think that's a huge huge win. I think that it's going to take it's not going to happen overnight. I think if we sunk all of the tax base from Algonquin Highlands into that. There would be, you know, a loss in roads and bridges and all of our other things. So I think, I mean, it's recreation. It, 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 it just like recreation centers, they don't, they don't bring in revenue, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's an asset that we should protect. But I don't think we should be foolish to put all of our eggs in one basket. Has there been any discussions with the other municipalities in the county to, you know, share in the cost of operating that airport to date? I think there's been talks, maybe not at my table, but I know there's been talks so far there hasn't been. All right, let's move on to healthcare. So again, this is getting back to that sort of labor shortage, uh, pretty well documented, the, the, the staffing issues that have been uh, happening at the Minden and the Halliburton hospitals uh, in recent months. That led to Triple HS administration saying, you know, there may be a a temporary shutdown of an ER department. Uh, fortunately, that hasn't come to pass, but still with that almost threat lingering above, uh, you know, the community's head, this sort of begs the question, and we're asking all candidates this, uh, do you think we as a community can continue to support and, and accommodate two separate hospital sites in Halliburton County? I, I do. I know that, I know that speaking from experience, my, my dad flew out of the Minden hospital, which is technically a further hospital, but given where his accident was, mm -hmm. the accident was closer to Minden. So I think, you know, those extra 10 minutes going to Halliburton from where his accident was, I might not have a dad. So I, I, I am in complete support of doing whatever is possible to have two, two facilities in the County and in Algonquin Highlands. That's still a far way away. Yeah, yeah. Well, that again, that's another thing, right? Looking at the geography and how how it would all work, it's uh, yeah, it would certainly be a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And now that I brought up, uh, well, not brought up, but maybe alluded to, you know, potential amalgamation of two hospital sites. Moving on to amalgamation as it relates to municipalities, where do you stand on the potential amalgamation of the four lower tier? governments that exist right now in Halliburton County coming together to form a single tier like we've seen happen 20 years ago south down in Kawartha uh, Lakes. Sure, and we've already amalgamated a fair bit of Algonquin Highlands, right? So um, I, I, I'm sure you're aware of the service delivery review at the county level. I think that there's been great work that's been done there. I don't think it's an easy like amalgamation and that will fix everything. I think there's opportunities for collaboration. I know that Right now, there's discussions happening about shared services of the waste management. That's huge. I think maybe some shared services, like you're, you're seeing with the shoreline um, preservation, you're seeing talks of the county sort of taking that from the bylaw department area. Mm -hmm. So I think instead of trying to just reinvent the wheel and, and, and go to a one-tiered municipality, I think, I think that, first of all, you would lose your representation, especially places like Algonquin Highlands and Highlands East. I think the geography would be 
pretty hard to capture from from a counselor. I think I think there's a lot of misconception that counselors are the are paid with like gold <laughs> and that and that if we didn't have this many counselors mm-hmm. we would be a lot richer of a of a county and I don't mm-hmm. think that's true at all. It's not it's not the counselors that are making the money. I think if there is an opportunity for some of the planning departments to work together, some of the waste management to work together, roads to work together, I think there would be um cohesion and savings. Mm-hmm. So I think I think a collaborative approach from 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 that is kind of where I stand. So I support the concept of amalgamation, but I think by making one tier government or one like having one county um and not having the lower tiers i think i think you would have a hard time having representation Mm. i think that's an important distinction as well you know talking about the potential cost savings by going from upwards of 20 counselors to down to seven like Mm -hmm. it's such a small piece of the pie right when you look at uh at a counselor's pay i mean i think it's probably less than one percent of uh, of a municipality's budget so Yeah, the savings for sure wouldn't be there. It would be more more along the lines of, of services. And like you say, the county's already sort of initiated that system with a service delivery review. Mm-hmm. You mentioned waste. You know, are there any other areas that you've maybe identified that uh, could be looked at across that service delivery review where the four um, townships could work together? Well, unfortunately, things like recreation, you have facilities in each of the municipalities and there, there's a huge financial cost in all of them. So I don't, to, to, to act... To actively have a collaborative approach on facilities, I think that would be difficult. But some collaborations on programming, I think with the trail systems and that, I think there's a, I don't know if it's just COVID or what, but everybody wants to be outside. There's like hikers that have never hiked before and, and yeah. cyclers that have never cycled before, you know? And I think, I think um, being able to sort of um, elevate that of what people are, or why people are here, I think that's important. I think, I think that that's an opportunity. Okay. And a big, big bone of contention, certainly for the past four or five years, that the county table has been the, the Shoreline Preservation Bylaw. Uh, you know, they, they voted in um, a, a new bylaw last month. Uh, you know, it's still people, I think, on, 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 on differing sides of the fence, so to speak. What, what was your opinion on, on where county council landed with that document? I think it was more than two years. I think it was four years. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, four to five years. <laughs> four to five years and um, public consultation. It was during the pandemic, so everything was on Zoom. So it was fully, as far as I'm concerned, it was fully transparent. Um, the document, how it came, how it actually was passed, I think is quite different. I think there's still a lot of resentment on the on the early draft proposals. Yeah. I think if you actually spent some time and researched what's being put forward, it's it's a it's a it's a stewardship. It's a stewardship protection. Basically, um, people will still be able to landscape, people still will be able to protect their property, mm-hmm. people still be able to enjoy their property, people will be able to boat. I think there's I think there's I think it's a thirty meter pathway you can have down to your lake. You just can't change the topographic. Like I, I, I think that um, there's no shortage of passion in this bylaw, but I think when at the root of it, everyone wants to enjoy the water. And mm-hmm. I think if we don't protect the water now, mm-hmm. there's going to be problems down the road in different generations. Like I know myself, when I was a little girl, we used to come and catch these huge fish. And every year they're harder and harder to catch. I don't know if it's my skills or not, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. if we don't, if we don't look 
I just finished a reading a book, um, just about sort of seven generation thinking. And I think it's important that we're not just thinking of what works now and what's, you know, financially viable at this moment, but in the long run, what, what's going to be left for like our great grandkids. Sure. One of the big things I think that was discussed, uh, again, at County Council was that, you know, this would be a living document that mm-hmm. Canon likely will change over time. You know, is there any, any, anything that, that wasn't included that's, uh, you know, you, you would have liked to have seen in there or anything that, that is in that you, you maybe thought, you know, that could have been a bit different? I thought there was room for maybe a little bit more in regards to like runoff and, and fertilizer and that type of thing mm-hmm. that's coming into the lake. I think in Algonquin Highlands, we've done a really great job with our septic reinspection program. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, you know, sort of dovetails nice into the thing, but, um, I think I think talking about what's going into the water is maybe something that could be discussed. I know there's some areas that have, you know, rocky shores and they want to have a sandy shore, but I mean some people don't want to live in the country, yeah. you know? I don't know. I think you kind of have to look at where you want to be and why you want to be here mm-hmm. to understand and support initiatives okay. and you reference this as you know being sort of a big issue certainly in Algonquin Highlands and this is going to be sort of next on the county's radar is short-term rentals mm-hmm. they've already brought in a, a consultant to sort of help guide what's uh, what the future could look like um yeah what, what, in your mind what, what do you see the future of short-term rentals in in well, let's say Algonquin Highlands do you think they have a place and if so do they need to be regulated and and how would you go about doing that yeah i'd say like initially my my early sort of feeling about short-term rentals was sort of thinking well you can't penalize people that are that are renting at their place and 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 you know trying to keep the property in their ownership um when there's you know full-time residents and 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 people that aren't renting their places that are making as much of a ruckus you know like Mm -hmm. people that are having you know fireworks on a monday night at two in the morning aren't always short-term rental people. So I think that there's been this sort of short-term rental people are bad and full-time residents are good and we have to keep these people separate. And I think, I think things have sort of changed. And I think, I think regulating, um, what's basically a business, um, so that it's, so that it's safe, so that the lakes are protected, that you have in, you know, a four bedroom cottage, you're not, you're not having 20 people stay and, you know, everyone's flushing the toilet every hour and that the septics that are there are in place to have enough people to, to use the building. Um, I think some of that can be done through bylaw. I think, I, I'm not sure if it's the Blue Mountains or Collingwood or somewhere over there, but they have a bit of a demerit point system where, mm. I think, you know, you, you have a very minimal fee that sort of says, yes, I have my, I have a proper septic. Yes, I have this many occupants. I have this much parking and you no, know, thou shall be a good steward of, of my rental unit. And there's mm. a tax on it, I believe. Um, and then it's basically compla- complaint, complaint is complaint driven. So that if you have, you know, five or six complaints, then you lose your permit. I don't know. I think, I think, I think there's going to have to be something that's done. I don't think it has to be yet iron hammer but mm-hmm. i think there has to be something done to again protect the lakes protect the quality of of what people want here I, that's my personal opinion okay. uh, one thing that's um you know has been put to us i think certainly if we look at sort of letters to the editor and emails just over the last year or two is uh you know this idea that there's a divide in algonquin highlands between permanent residents and and, and seasonal residents and uh you know, a belief that that council needs to do more to sort of bridge that bridge that divide. I mean, what's what's your opinion on on, on that? 
yeah, I think the days of us and them are over. <laughs> I think everyone wants to be here. <laughs> and it might not be tomorrow, but I think that eventually the dream is to, to be here permanently. Mm -hmm. So I think instead of looking at people as only here part-time or people that are here all the time, I, I think that's kind of passe. Mm -hmm. I think having opportunities and thinking year-round is, is really the only way forward. For the economy as well. Like, I think... We don't, we don't, we don't necessarily need seasonally. I'm not saying that like Halliburton is fully open and we have all the room and all the space and all the jobs and all the, and all the water and, mm -hmm. you know, clean, clean area for, for the world. Mm -hmm. But I think having that divide is, is not helping anyone. It's not helping either side. Yeah. When you look, you say that growth, I think just looking at census data over the last 10 years, I mean, 14%, uh, when you, you know, we're already sort of facing issues, sort of housing people and, and finding people to, 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 to work and jobs and, if that sort of growth sort of continues, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, how, how, how as a municipality, can, can, can we plan for things like that and plan for that growth? I think having things, I mean, you know, we have things like our asset management that, that's a plan in place, but that's talking more about like infrastructure, you mm, know, roads, mm -hmm. bridges, that mm. facilities, that type of thing. We're already playing catch up on all of those big lists, big items. I think having things in reserve, I think. You know, like right now, parking and parking for all of our um, waterfront property or not waterfront properties, our uh, lake access properties mm -hmm. is difficult. It's not going to get any smaller. You yeah. know, I think I think, you know, by ha by having an eye on where we could possibly put parking lots is, 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 is part one of that. Putting money aside for some of that, you know, and, and having a bit of a plan in place. Mm -hmm. I think looking at those type of solutions um is, is really important. Okay. So looking long term, you know, maybe over the next 10 year period, um, what would be your, your, your vision for, for Algonquin Highlands and, you know, what the community could be 10 years from now? I really like the idea of some smaller footprint houses. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I like the idea of having um, a night sky policy in place where there's not, you know, direct lights mm. beaming off every place. I think, um, you know, cell phones and Wi-Fi and all that are nece nece necessary, but I think there's like a, t a place for them. I don't think we need to have them everywhere. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's, I mean, Eorn is working at the cell phone gap analysis and that type of thing. Um, but being supportive of those initiatives, local food, I know that we've done, um, while I was on last term, uh, our local, I was the chair of the local environment committee and we looked at initiatives like composting initiatives. We looked at, um, like a food recycling initiative, those type of things. So I think, I think putting some responsibility back on all of the taxpayers for taking care of some of their own things takes some of the, I mean, tax, like <laughs> the tax base is everyone's tax base, right? Mm -hmm. I think by having some of the having some of the, you know, if everybody's composting, there's less food waste going to the landfills. I think if everyone takes, you know, a better use of what they're putting in their septics, they need to be pumped out less often. You know, mm -hmm. I think if everyone just takes a little bit more responsibility for their own actions, it's going to serve the municipality better. Mm -hmm. So I think instead of having an approach where, you know, the municipality is making us do this and the municipality is making do this, I think we need to change that tune yeah. and how we're all working together it's like if the municipality faces a lawsuit, everyone faces the lawsuit. It's yeah. not it's not the municipality's money, it's the tax base, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I think 
by working together with public education and having some having maybe some strategic planning together with the community is probably a really smart idea. And you know, should you be successful in your bid to to return to uh, to council as Ward Two representative, first thing that's going to come across council's desk will be the twenty twenty three budgets. I mean, you know, even not if not late this year, certainly early next. Uh, what would be your your priorities heading into uh, those deliberations? What would be you know top of uh, top of mind for you? I think the I think the big things that we've been hearing in Algonquin Highlands has been parking. Parking has been a big one, um, and waste management. I know that um, we closed down the the landfill app at the Halls Hawk area and there's been some contention around that um and you know orig- originally it, the the decision was the, the the landfill is full so we have to take the the landfill somewhere else so rather than us taking it as a transfer station um it it became sort of a decision that we would have Maple Lake as sort of our head landfill down in this part of the municipality my ward um but we've seen challenges with that. We've seen that there's lineups now and that people are angry. Mm. <laughs> I think I think talking about some maybe maybe a, and, and now the county is talking too collectively about waste management. So I think maybe relooking at some of those decisions is probably a good good thing. Start okay. off the term. Mm. Continuing to talk about future endeavors with the airport, um, especially like the industrial park. And I guess parking. Parking is another one. Okay. And taxes, where do you stand on uh, on the tax? We obviously no one likes to see taxes mm-hmm. go up, but uh, you know I feel like it's almost a fact of life these days that you know as costs go up, I mean, yeah, it's got money's got to be recouped somewhere, right? So. Yeah, I think I think it's better to see small incremental tax increases where everyone can kind of expect that everything's going to go up a little bit, mm-hmm. and even if some of that money is being put into a reserve for a future project or a future priority. Mm-hmm. I think that's better than to try and like come in with no tax increase. I think I, I, I must say that I've learned a lot. I sat on, I've, well, I've done 12 budgets, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I also sat on the accounts, um, like treasury uh, committee for, I think about 10 years. So I've seen every, every week what's coming in and what's going out. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of luxury. <laughs> it's necessities. Yeah. All right. So looking through, I think we've covered most of the questions. Um, I had it. Final thoughts? Anything that um, you know we perhaps haven't had an opportunity to talk about, discuss that uh, you want to bring to light? Well, I think I think I, I think it goes without saying that um, I'm an artist at heart. I'm creative thinker. I'm an environmentalist. Um, I have not put any signs out there this year mm. for my for my election. I, I first of all, I find they're a bit of an eyesore in this county. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have it just to me, it seems like you know you see one and then another one and then another one and then another one, and that's and then that's all you're going to see, especially at this time of the year mm-hmm. when we should be looking up and not on the ground. So if anyone wants to contact me, I think by email or by phone call is best. I'm 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 quick to answer, and um, if I don't have the answer, I'm quick to get the answer. So I just wanted to make that clear. I think I have a interesting position where I'm a mom and of two young boys. And I'm also looking after two aging parents. So I think I'm right in that sort of middle perspective of looking ahead for what is going to be good for my family and also sort of trying to keep the legacy and, and, and what, what, what I see as challenges for my parents' aging demographics. So yeah. I feel like I'm right in the middle. And um, I'm also on council 
I'm also a teacher and I try and volunteer whenever I can. So I have many hats. Um, I'm passionate. I want to be on council, but I also want to continue wearing the hats I have. So my, my sort of plan for this campaign is to be accessible and available. And I'm really appreciative of, of all of the work that the press and all the Lake Socians are doing to, to get, get our word out. I don't have a I don't have a unlimited resources to yeah. put together a campaign. For sure. And basically, what I'm bringing forward are the concerns I've seen and heard over the last decade. Great. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Lisa, and thank you everybody for listening. What are we doing? Is a podcast produced by Justin Van Leishout in partnership with The Highlander. Reporters working on this project include me, Sam Gillett, our editor Lisa Gervais, and Mike Baker. Be sure to follow along as we cover candidates in your riding, as well as everyone running for election across Halliburton County. Music in this episode is from Kashaga, and our cover art is from Jason Yates, who can be found on Instagram at jy.inc.